the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back as we head into our second hour. It is a delight to bring back an old friend, uh, Professor Richard Samuelson. He is an American historian and an associate professor of government at Hillsdale College at their Washington, D.C. campus. Richard, welcome back. Professor, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, sir. I have a, uh, I have a producer. Uh, we call him Young David, um, David Dahl here. And he was just uh, talking to me in the previous hour about uh, whether he should be taking some of these um, free offerings of college courses from Hillsdale. Unqualifiedly, we answer yes, shouldn't he? Of course. Absolutely. Right? It's of course. See, professors don't always make things complicated, David. It was a very simple, direct answer. Of course. Richard had a, um important piece this week over at Real Clear Politics, why the woke support Hamas. It goes into some pretty penetrating questions that we've been trying to wrestle with here. Uh, Richard, I'll let you distill it however you want. I'll set it up this way. I was watching Bill Maher's show this past weekend, and while he showed a picture of a woman with a poster in Manhattan, LGBTQ for Gaza, uh, one of the guests, Jamie Kerchick, said, yes, they have an adjunct organization, Blacks for the KKK. Um, th- tell us what you're getting at, sir. The assumption is that people who are outgroups, people of color plus sexual minorities, etc., are always supposed to be on the same side of every issue. And I think that comes historically, and the story uh, you know what? We have a really bad connection, Richard. I'm going to have my oh. producer call you right back, if that's okay. okay. We're we're just getting about every other word. I'll I'll do my best to fill in as he calls you back, and we'll use a different line to do that. Richard Samuelson will be right back with us. Just a really bad connection there, David, if you can call him back. It is this question we have been wrestling with, though, as to how is it that you can look at these um, fundamentalist movements – that are opposed to almost every issue, shall we say, Ilan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, or AOC stand for when it comes to female rights, LGBTQ rights, and that sort of thing, and yet end up supporting and being on the side of Hamas, or at least the side that is against Israel, which does offer all those things. Richard, I don't know if you heard that or not, but I'll let you reset uh, where you would like to go from uh, your piece. Go ahead, sir. The puzzle is, why, why do so many groups, who, as you noted in that general reference, um, really be, not be treated well in, um, in, in Hamas territory in Gaza? Uh, why do they support Hamas? Right. And there's a general assumption on campus among woke, it's almost definitional, that all outgroups are always on the same side. Mm-hmm. And I suspect one historical dimension of that story is our civil rights law in 64, it included not just discrimination against uh, blacks, it 
dealing with the legacy, Jim, ending Jim Crow, mm-hmm. legacy of slavery, racism, etc., mm-hmm. included um, women, discrimination against sex, and, and other groups. And since then, we've added sexual minorities. Yep. And of course, in 1964, we were about 88% white, 12% black, mm-hmm. and we didn't really pay too much attention statistically to the tensions in the other groups. We talked about it, but it wasn't the primary focus. Right. So the model in civil rights is... Um, black people discriminated against by whites and Jim Crow. And then we assimilate everybody into that model. Mm-hmm. Well, the reality is people are diverse. They might, they might support each other in some causes and not in others. And so that's where you got the notion of intersectional scoring, borrowed from other fields. Whoever has the most um, out points, you know, the, most, the, the highest point of discrimination, they win. Mm-hmm. But the assumption is this is one whole coalition. Mm-hmm. against the powers that be. Mm-hmm. They're always fighting Bill Connor. Mm-hmm. Whatever cause it is, they're fighting Bill Connor. Mm-hmm. So, so to say that Hamas is, or even the people running the Palestinian tory, territory for the moment, right, that they are in fact acting in a wicked manner, mm-hmm. um, that they are you know, killing, burning Jews alive and you know, cutting babies' heads off, etc., etc., that doesn't compute. It must be the case the people in the wrong are those with more power. Mm-hmm. That's the underlying assumption in the um, discourse of people who are woke. There is this problem that has been with us for a long time, and I emphasize, you, you get into it a little bit in your piece. I get into it, uh, have been getting into it perhaps a little bit more than, the, uh, than, than you might. I, I'm not sure. Because I obviously know you, you're only constrained. You're constrained by how many words you can write in a given essay, and I get three hours. But I, I have been I have been relating this to much of the Marxist uh, doctrine and a lot of this association with Marxism and the definitions of these power structures. For example, um, the Marxist notions of what it is and what it means to fight shall we say, imperialists or racism or colonial powers as Khrushchev redefined them in the 50s and 1960s and as the third world took them on, such that the fight against those things can bury any other consideration one may have for human rights. In other words, well, maybe we'll get to LGBTQ and abortion and gay rights and that sort of thing a little bit later, Right now, we have to defeat the colonialist occupiers, and we'll do so, to use a phrase from the 60s, by any means necessary. Is there something to that part of it as well? Yeah, I mean, two comments. One, as far as I know, the term American exceptionalism, if it wasn't invented by Scott Stalin, yeah. it was put on the map by him, okay. who spoke of the heresy of American exceptionalism yeah. against the general theory of history. Right towards the utopia that Marx envisioned. And remember, Marx had an essay which I mentioned. Can you repeat that, that you faded out, sir? Yeah, we lost him. Yeah, yeah, I think we lost you. I don't know if there's a better phone line or something you can maybe try and get to us through. Um, if, if David, you want to try him again, that, that's just that, that cell isn't working or whatever. Uh, you can try one more time, but test it out. This is this is the interesting confusion, though, because 
you you will see Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar and the and the woke and the progressive caucus, uh, the squad, if you will, marching on behalf of uh, these you know theocracies, if you will, that that don't permit any of the things they seem to stand for. And interestingly enough, over and against the one country that does provide all of that. You want religious pluralism, you're going to get it in Israel. You're not going to get it in Gaza or the West Bank. You want gay rights, you're going to get it in Israel. You're not going to get it in Gaza or the West Bank. You'll, you'll, you'll get the death penalty. Uh, you want gay pride marches, you'll get them in Tel Aviv. You won't get them in Gaza City or Ramallah. Uh, in fact, gays escaped Israel to when they can to live. Um, so it, it's an interesting thing. Certainly, certainly the, the Marxist answer is, is one. Another answer is ignorance. Another answer might be anti-Semitism. But as uh, Professor Samuelson puts it, you know, occasionally they do wake up. For example, this happened when, as he writes, progressives were shocked that a Muslim-majority city council in Hamtramck, Michigan, banned the display of pride flags on city property. Uh, do we have Richard back? We're going to try it. Give it a minute. We'll try it. Yeah, sorry, Richard. Go ahead. We'll Hello, give it I apologize for the no, trouble we'll with it, the line. Yeah, we'll um, give it another better. shot. Oh, yeah, much better. Go ahead. I, I was just pointing out, you know, they do get surprised from time to time after all, as you point out in your piece. You know, how could progressives uh, be, be, be spurned by a Muslim-majority city council in Hamtramck on pride, pride flags, right? I mean, we, we marched for all this, and you guys, how could you turn on us like this, right? Yeah. And if, if you think about it from their perspective, what it means, they don't really take Islamic doctrine seriously. Yeah. yeah. The, the point is they represent the progress of history, and they're just behind. They haven't caught up yet. So they don't really take seriously the reality that Muslims, or like classically Christians and Jews, do not support gay rights. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the, in a sense, the, the fundamental idea is that all the whole world is moving one direction, as I was mentioning. I'm not sure if it came through. Go ahead. Marx had an essay on the Jewish question. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Do you have time? Because we were kind of screwed up, and I have to take a break. This is such a better line. If you have time, I'd love to keep sure. it. Sure, okay. happy to. Let me take the commercial break. Let me pick up on that um, and marks on the Jewish question. And that really interesting point, too, you're making here that a lot of people seem afraid to make. I'm glad you're doing it. Do they actually believe in the faith they seem to proclaim in? Because, you know, I don't know how you can be an Orthodox Muslim and support some of the social values that they pro- proclaim to support. What's more important, their progressivism or their religion? Hard to know. Uh, anti-Westernism might be the overarching theme. Richard Samuelson and I'll be right back. Professor Richard Samuelson from Hillsdale is our guest. We are talking about uh, his really important piece over real clear politics, why the woke support Hamas. And this was kind of interesting. We were talking, you, you made an interesting point, Richard, about you know, someone like Ilan Omar, let's say, and how seriously do they take their religion when they support things that are so obviously not embraced by that religion and certainly not embraced by countries who form themselves in the name of that religion? Is their religion something else? And perhaps Marx and on the Jewish question begins the answer. I think that's where you were headed, but take it any way you want. Yeah, um, well, I... 
I, I can't speak to any individual which right. side they take more seriously in this coalition. Yeah. It could be some of the Muslims don't take the L- LGBTQ, etc. Um, side seriously. They'll, they will change when they see the truth. Yeah, certainly um, in Hamtramck it, that was the case. Right. Right. Um, but I also think the woke liberal non-Muslims assume that, well, they don't take Islam that seriously. Uh-huh. Um, it's just backwards. They'll catch up with history. But Marx says in the Jewish question, yeah. note the Jewish question, after the end of discrimination, mm-hmm. how do you have assimilation? Marx says, well, this is only going to happen when both Judaism and Christianity right. shed the snakeskin right. of religion. Right. 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 Um, so, and that, remember... Hitler spoke of the final solution to the Jewish question. Right. He said, we're not going to have harmony among nations till we get rid of the Jews. Right. So this is, and Hamas says something similar, that you know, liberation will happen when we get rid of all the Jews out of the land of Israel, and they're all gone, yeah. and everyone else becomes uh, Muslim. Mm-hmm. Right. So the dream of a universal world of peace and harmony does not have a place for Jews who remain Jews, Mm -hmm. which is why I think it's not a coincidence when you go from the notion that we're going to ignore any real diversity, underlying diversity causing tensions among these groups that are outgroups, and they still happen, well, it must be the Jews' fault. Mm -hmm. That's much easier than saying the underlying problem is we ally in some cases, we don't ally in others. In other words, it's always going to be coalition politics that have mixed good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because, you know, a lot of these uh, Islamist and uh, Arab nationalist revolutionary movements, terror movements, they they do embrace a lot of elements of Marx and affiliate and associate with a lot of different Marxist uh, doctrine and language. Uh, some are, are more nationalist, some are more... I suppose religious or theocratic. It doesn't help. It doesn't quite explain, though, what is so obviously clear about their societies and their movements. So again, if you are going to give uh, Ilan Omar or AOC a visiting professorship in Gaza City, and she were to speak on social. And domestic policy there, the way she speaks here, she'd be in prison or dead in about a week, if not less. Um, And it's it's pretty easy to see that sort of thing. Why do they not care about that sort of thing? It makes one wonder if there's something even larger at play here. And it could be ignorance. Um, it could be just enmity towards anything associating with Israel, too. Yeah, I mean, that's the common thread um, from Marx to Hitler mm-hmm. to Hamas. Yeah. Um, and remember the Grand Mufti right. in World War II. Right. Didn't he spend time studying with Hitler? Yes. Supporting him, recruiting for him, you bet. Yeah. Studying might be the wrong word, but yeah. Yeah, recruiting and working with. Yeah, sure. Um and so I would think of Friedrich Hayek's dedication of Road to Serfdom to fascists of all parties, socialists of all parties, yeah, right, to anti-Semites of all parties. Right. I think there is that. Because the other the, – I mean there are so many ironies here. Um, you know, there are, there are so many ironies that if you wanted a vibrant socialism without the theocracy attached to it, um, you can find that actually in Israel. 
which was mostly founded that way, by the way, modern day Israel. Uh, You cannot find it in the West Bank or Gaza. Anyway, no, it's a fascinating point. Um, And, you you know, I guess you put your finger on it, too, though, when you talked about Stokely Carmichael and the civil rights movement. Um, Right. Radical feminists push for the civil rights movement, which was um, endemically misogynist. Yeah. Yeah. He infamously said, can can I say this on the air? I think so. Yeah, he emphasically said the, the place of woman in the civil rights movement is prone. Yeah, right. So he's a fighter for civil rights and a sexist pig. Yeah, um, right. That's not how you're supposed to see it. You're, you're supposed to be supporting everybody or nobody. Yep. It's not, I like him in this, I don't like him in that, blah, blah, yep. blah. Right. Because that's a divided world that's always going to be divided with particular religions and peoples, and there will be underlying overlap. Right, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Would you say then what, as a final conclusion, Richard, Professor Samson, would you say at the end of the day, the power of wokeism is so point is so sharp, is so is is so strong that it buries all other internal contradictions. You can go through all the dialectics you want. At the end of the day, it's just unidirectional, full speed ahead like a great white shark. Yeah, pretty much. Well, especially for those who are not religious, it's a substitute. Yep. That's where we're all going. Yep. It's the common faith. Yeah. Yeah. And that would and that would include or explain why so many people of the non-practicing Jewish heritage are on the front lines and vanguards of these movements, including Karl Marx. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Richard, it's a great, it's a greatly intellectually curious and interesting piece. I do commend it to uh, to the audience once again. Uh, Why the woke support Hamas uh, by Richard Samuelson, and again, uh, he is the um, he is the uh, uh, associate professor of government at Hillsdale College in the Washington D.C. campus. What are you teaching this uh, this semester, Richard? I'm uh, teaching a class uh, on the constitutional conflict in the. Um Early Republic. Yep. So looking, studying the, the. This is kind of appropriate for our discussion. Yep. Learning about what happened by looking at what they argued about. Mm-hmm. Okay. And are you finding more and more interest in Hillsdale since COVID than before COVID? Yes. Yeah. I and also, you. frankly, since all the support for Hamas we see on campus. I bet. I think there'll be a surge of applications. Yeah. I mean, it is an increasingly difficult question for parents. Isn't it when their child gets accepted to, you know, schools that aren't uh, well, when they get accepted to the kinds of schools that children used to, you know, want to go to like Harvard and Yale or anything in the Ivy League or Chicago or Stanford. They're having to think twice about that now, aren't they? They'll get a better education at Hillsdale anyway. They'll get a better education and without the wokeness. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, my, the students are absolutely yeah. great. The program is so well designed. Wonderful. I highly recommend it. Thank you, Richard. All right. Good catching up with you. I'm Seth yeah. Leibson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Are global leaders developing solutions that promote freedom and quality of life, or are they creating problems and forcing solutions that only benefit the elite? Midas Gold Group believes it's the latter, from draconian COVID restrictions, the decimation of small businesses, and changed election laws. Midas Gold Group believes your finances will be next. Under the guise of protecting you, you'll get monetary expansion, national debt, and reduced purchasing power, and their central bank digital currency will virtually eliminate your savings and purchasing privacy. The answer? 
Convert a portion of your savings or IRA to physical gold and silver. Precious metals are a private currency. They've been used to store wealth throughout history. And thousands of you know and trust the veterans at Midas Gold Group because they're fighting for your financial freedom and privacy. Midas Gold Group, give them a call, 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. Or check them out online at MidasGoldGroup.com. Dan is in Chandler. Hi, Dan. Hi, Seth. Fantastic discussion with Richard. Uh, Just absolutely astute. Uh, I just wanted to offer one uh, additional angle on it that that may make it uh, simple for some folks to understand, which is the concept of my enemy's enemy is my friend. Okay, I mean you're you're absolutely right about all the leftist Marxism that is that is driving all this, and uh, it's so obvious that uh, you know of all the religions in the world that you would think the left would oppose. Uh, that uh, Islam would be the, the one they would like the least. But since they are fighting the West, since they are fighting the great Satan America and the little Satan Israel, then we've got to align ourselves with them. And we can uh, rationalize uh, all the misogyny and brutality of that Islamo-fascist culture by saying, well... It's the chickens coming home to roost after centuries of exploitation because they're people of color, because they're in the Middle East. And um, these are the, and, and I heard this on 9-11 in New York City, where I was at the time. Uh, I could not believe the number of people whose attitude was, we had it coming, we've been asking for this for decades, and now, you know, they, they finally gave us what we deserve. And um, let me tell you something. That was one of the most important moments in my life in terms of becoming a conservative. It was for a lot of people, Dan. Let me let me examine this with you. This uh, how did you put it? My enemy's enemy is my friend. Yes, and as a matter of fact, Benjamin Netanyahu, I believe, in his famous speech to the U.S. Congress, uh, humorously uh, mocked this uh, way of thinking, saying, "I want to tell you something. Your enemy's enemy is still your enemy." Well, yeah, because what I want to add to it is whatever happened to my friend's friend is my friend. I mean, why is when you think of the squad, Ocasio-Cortez, Omar Presley, Talib Bauman and Bush, I think that's the squad. Am I missing anyone? Those um, six people, those six uh, Congress people. Why are they they siding immediately and always – with the non-ally to America. I mean, Israel is, I don't know if there's a closer ally. I mean, there are, Great Britain might be a closer ally, I don't know, depending on the day, certain other countries. But certainly in the Middle East, there is no closer ally to America. There's no country that does more training. There's no country that does more trade. There's no country that has more of its ethos in common, uh, constitutionally or otherwise, why, 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 are, why, why are they always against our ally? Because... My friend's friend should be my friend. Well, when your friend's friend believes in religion and capitalism uh, and can be identified as a colonialist power, then uh, they're going to hate them and, and fight against them with everything they've got. Uh, as far as the Democrats are concerned. But don't you have to work yourself, Dan, this colonialism thing? I mean, I'm getting 
this this is the one that really sticks in my in this this is the one that really really juices me. Why? Okay, I suppose if you are of the religion Islam that you have a preternatural dislike and distaste, especially if you're radicalized somewhat or if you're a fundamentalist somewhat. You dislike a Jewish state. Okay, I get that. Even if it's a state that gives Muslims equal rights in it. I, I understand that because that's that's an ancient hatred. It's it's not defensible, but at least we can and, understand and that. Would, and, and giving them equal rights, giving them equal rights also exposes by contrast. Yes, of course. Yes, of course. But my question is this, and I have to take a break. Maybe you can have an answer for it on the other side if you want to stay. But what if you're AOC? I mean, I don't think she's really a particularly religious woman at all. She doesn't have a cultural heritage that goes back to that region, from what I can tell, at all. Why does she adopt this perverted language of colonialism? By any real definition, Israel is not a colonialist state. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Did we uncover someone who has a wrong perception of what a submarine sandwich should be around here? Oh, yeah, we did. For, and and it's what, what was her nonsensical point? A colleague of ours. Lisa, uh, let's out her. <laughs> Uh-oh. Hope she's not listening. I don't a care. A colleague of ours yeah. uh, mentioned that uh, she had a, a terrible experience with a submarine sandwich yesterday. And I know those are near and dear to the Seth Liebson well, Yeah, don't heart. mention from where, but what was the issue? Well, apparently the problem was that the submarine sandwich had both mayonnaise and dressing on it, as in uh, the vinegar on it uh-huh, as well, uh-huh. and uh, olive oil and all the other goodies that uh, come on a submarine And what does sandwich. she want? Just two slices of dry bread? And mayo, apparently. Just mayo. And no, she, said, she's wrong. And I said that yeah. the Seth Liebson show proudly endorses yeah. the fact that submarine sandwiches need to be moist. Yeah. The most moist right. sandwich is the best it's sandwich. It's dressing, it's mustard, and it's mayo. And that's what I said. And we've yeah. had this discussion it, on it, air before. Yeah, as if we needed to. It shouldn't have had to have been a discussion. Well, maybe if she's listening, she can uh, educate herself. Yeah. <laughs> Get some good education. Uh, it's... N- yeah, no. It it should be an explosion of flavors. An explosion of flavors. Yeah, not a an reduction of flavors. Of yeah. moistness. All right. Dan and Chandler. Dan, sorry about that. We were talking something a little bit more serious. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> uh, well, to, to sort of simply answer your question, uh, they are anti-Western civilization. That's it. Yeah. If, it, right. if, if it's white, they're against it. If it's Jewish, they're against it. If it's Christian, they're against it. If it's Western, if it's male, they're against it. Yeah. Uh, if, it, if it's uh, religion or faith versus science, they're against it. Every, they're totally against. Western but what the? But the, right. But there still is this dramatic irony that the rights they want, the rights they proclaim, can only be found in Western civilization or Western civilizational countries. The notion of women's rights, the notion of minority rights, the notion of all of these civil and human rights they claim to esteem are not to be found in the mulocracy. Why do they think Masael Ahmadinejad has had Iranian, uh, Iranian terrorists come to the shores of the United States to try and kill her when all she's doing is fighting for women's rights? Yet the squad will support Iran. The malocracy. Uh, 
uh, among leftists, women's rights have to get subordinated to uh, people of color. The revolution, rights, which the revolution, which the anti-Western revolution subordinates all other rights, which has to be subordinated to uh, LGBT rights. You see, in a way, the left that we're fighting now in America is much worse than I think the, the left as it was originally founded in, in the Soviet Union. Because at that time, I don't think there was so much of a... a it, was, it was simpler. It was simply have not against the haves. Just blame the haves. Uh, and that's still a big part of it. But to make it work in the United States, they had to reach into our past, the slave South and the and what came after that, uh, to to use to exploit racial tensions, um, and, and 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 that made made it something even more powerful. Uh, and do you think there's a resentment can, about this that perverts things? The idea that it was the West that liberated. Uh, society and uh, liberated slavery from society, West that liberated women from misogynistic policies, Western mm-hmm. values. There, there is a resentment inherent here that goes along the lines of certain inter- <clears throat> interracial resentments here, and perhaps Israel Arab resentments or Arab resentments against Israel in the Middle East. The societies that, as well as the groups that succeed earn the wrath of those that don't, and thus they think that there has to be an oppression to it when, in fact, it's an enlightenment. For the same reason that true leftists hate a, an effective, good liberal yeah. uh, much more than a conservative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and why it was many felt that uh, the like Lee Harvey Oswald's uh, enmity toward uh, President Kennedy was because, well, as Dennis Prager would say, the the better is the enemy of the best. Okay, and if and if and if this liberal Democrat, as we used to know, liberal Democrat, uh, is is actually making people happy, then it's making the masses complacent, mm-hmm. and they're not going for the best. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, they're not going for a utopia, right? Because exactly, exactly. there's a there's a there's a rationality to this that um Marxism seeks to overcome. Marxism embraces the notion of utopia. I'm going back a little bit to my monologue in the first hour in saying this, so I hope it's not repetitive. But the Marxist embrace of a utopia is the embrace of something that never can be. And so you get to this practice of massive slaughter in the attempt to achieve something that you will never get to. Remember the old phrase, you have to break a few eggs to get an omelet. A lot of eggs get broken. You never get the omelet. And they will never stop telling you, oh, but there never has been a pure communist. Right. So you can't say that it's failed. Right. Right. <laughs> it, it's that and look what you made us do argument. This yes. hospital. And ex- you'll never live long enough to see what global warming will do. 
So they get off the hook on that, too, because everybody will be dead by the time we find out, right? I suppose that's right. I mean, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out with this argument. I don't know if you saw the news of this hospital that was uh, blown up in uh, that exploded in Gaza uh, today. And originally the reports, the New York Times had to change its headline four times because they went immediately with the with the blaming the Israeli defense forces. And as the evidence came in, it looks more and more like it was an Islamic jihad missile that went awry. Went awry. So, but I think it really, yeah. it really says something yeah. about how, how in many ways the, the Arab world can still be very primitive mm-hmm. when the, the leader of Jordan and Egypt uh, just shut, slammed the door yeah. in the face of the president of the United yeah. States. Yeah. Okay based on something that in all likelihood is a lie, yep. okay, yep. not not even waiting to find out or waiting for proof, yep. okay, yep. of what the truth is. They don't care what the truth is. This is pure tribalism. That's right. And as Ariel Davidson put it about the media that had to twist itself into pretzels over this story today, they believe Hamas's lies about the hospital because they want so badly for there to be moral equivalency between the IDF and Hamas, when there isn't, one is a savage group of disgusting brutes, and one isn't. And um, the efforts one has to go to to bridge those two is always going to be just a bridge too far. Thus the propaganda. Well, thank you, Dan. We'll be right back. Those lyrics make no sense. Remember what we were talking about? They had a obsession with the past in the 70s. Yeah. Portions of the show brought to you by our good friends at Y-Refi. They are good friends. They're great and do a lot of great work in our community. They're based on Scottsdale Road on the 101. Feel free to stop by and visit them. You won't get a sales pitch. You won't get asked to sign anything. What they have, though, is an investment opportunity in a portfolio. It's got a ten point up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return, and the investment is not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve. Um, lots of freedom with it, too. You can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it. No loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. Secure collateralized portfolio, no fees. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm. As I say, you can earn up to a 10.25% rate of return. That's right, a 10.25% fixed rate of return. Just check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Or give them a call at 888-YREFI-24, 888-YREFI-24. Well, I don't have a crystal ball. Uh, nobody, of course, does. But uh, it doesn't look like Jim Jordan is going to be the next Speaker of the House. It looks like there's just uh, too many uh, self-important Republicans who won't get on board with this, just as there were too many who wouldn't get on board before, just as there were too many who wanted to defenestrate Speaker McCarthy in the first place. So, you know, there will be, I guess, another effort tomorrow, but we are now going into uh, about two weeks of no Speaker of the House uh, no ability for Republicans to conduct business in Congress or anywhere in Washington, D.C. What? Yeah. I hate to say it. Yeah. We said we shot ourselves in the foot. Yeah. I think we shot ourselves in the mouth. Well, we shot ourselves out of power. I mean, there was one precinct of Republican power, 
You know, there was all this distaste and distemper that in the Republican caucus that they didn't, under McCarthy, work hard enough to shut down federal government. So instead, they just shut down the Republican part of federal government. That's what they've done. That's that 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 is what they did, and uh, with a hundred percent of the Democrats supporting it. If you need a kind of a compass as to whether you're on the right side or not, if a hundred percent of the Democrats are joining you to do this, there's your compass pointing south, folks. All right, we'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.